0: Now, for your feature presentation.
1: Not just one, or two, or three, or four, but five, or five, two!
2: What's up, listeners? I am your host, X-Video Store Clark, screenwriter, and fellow listener, Jason Kleberg, and this is Force 5, a show where I normally force my guests to come up with a movie-themed Top 5 list topic, and then we reveal our picks on air. But today is the Christmas Film Draft. For the last two years, it's been a holiday tradition of sorts around these parts to invite J.P. Sorrow, co-host of the Lapsed Fan Podcast, on to talk film. Last year, we tackled five underrated Christmas films, but this year we wanted to work in the classics, and coming up with a good way to do it was a bit challenging, because if you just went top five Christmas films, there would probably be four or five crossover picks, and we wanted some variety. This this is a show that I really look forward to, both for the listeners and for myself, so I really try to nail this episode in particular every year. So JP and I put our heads together and brought on JP's co-host, Jack Encarnacio for a Christmas film draft that turned out to be an amazing time. And we really highlight 10 different Christmas films that you really can't go wrong with. I hope that this episode lifts your spirits as you're on a long drive or a flight to a relative's house, sipping on eggnog by the fire, or just taking the dog for a walk in the snow so you can get out of the grip of the holiday throws. And if you're a new listener from the Laps Fan Solar System, I hope you stick around for 2024 because I got a lot of good stuff planned. Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays, listeners. I now present to you The Christmas Film Draft. What's up, listeners, and welcome to another edition of Force 5 Live, a twist on the main show format that pits two contenders against one another in order to draft five films that are better than their opponent's five, the winner to be decided on by the listeners. And tonight, we've got the co-chairs of the Lapsed Fan Podcast, and they're going to be drafting Christmas films. In the corner to my right, we have J.P. Sorrow. You may remember him from past December shows like Top 5 Films Featuring Wrestlers and last year's five <laughs> underrated Christmas films. J.P., how you doing, man?
0: I am great. I am... Uh, this is perfect because I am deep into my, into my Christmas movie uh, 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 lineup. So I am very, very prepared. I have I have... <laughs> So I'm I'm prepared to 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 just smack the shit out of all you guys.
2: Yeah, you're not going to see this on audio, obviously, but JP's got a big draft board behind him. Yep. He's got all <laughs> kinds of things, X's O's. That's, he's he's ready to go I got, up here.
0: I got I got people on the phone as well. I got people like sitting around, like waiting, you know, giving me giving me names <laughs> and numbers and saying, well, you know. So I got I got a whole staff.
1: To say nothing of the charcuterie board I see behind him as well.
0: Well, hey, you know, these things get me hungry.
2: He drafts in style. <laughs> yes, that's right. <laughs> Um JP since the last time we talked man you were in you were casting an off-Broadway play King of the Jews how was that experience I was
0: it was amazing I mean as amazing uh, as I say to pretty much everybody it was as amazing as uh, a time as you can have doing a play about the Holocaust but it was uh, it was very good a great people I think it's a great story um we had a really really we had a really solid run. Um, honestly, I, I, I won't bullshit. Like we had some, some small houses for sure, but it actually steadily grew. I was actually really impressed. Like by the end, it was kind of like, I wish we had another month because word of mouth is a real thing even in these days. And, uh, we had some really, really good crowds. Um, but it was amazing. It was great. A lot of fun. Great people, great people.
2: Yeah, I was I was looking it up. I couldn't attend. Obviously, I'm on the other coast from you, but it seems like it was pretty well reviewed.
0: They got good press. We got we got some really good press. And, uh, you know, we'll you know, who knows? Maybe maybe it'll have another incarnation down the road. You know, my my the director certainly wants to see life and uh, see seed go on, whatever that means.
2: Well, Jonathan Mandel from the New York Theater wrote that it was inventively staged and well acted, but both intentionally and unintentionally <laughs> disturbing, which also very <laughs> accurately describes professional wrestling. Yes.
0: I'd say, yeah, that's definitely it, intentionally and unintentionally, for sure.
2: And in the corner to my left, we've got JP's co chairman on The Lapsed Fan, award winning journalist and first time Force 5 guest, Jack Encarnacio. Jack, how are you?
1: Oh, I'm doing tremendously, and I'm are excited to chop up my favorite category of film.
2: Oh, this is your favorite. It's a big, big, Christmas film fan.
1: I guess you could say that. I mean, it's the only genre of movie that I consider myself like a geek for. You know, it's not that, it's not that I love Christmas movies above and beyond. You know, great cinema, but it's just it's just something that I've taken an interest in actually. You know, ranking and thinking about in the terms that might make sense for a pod like this. So I'm excited to flex that muscle. I don't get a lot of chances to do it.
2: Yeah. Not many Christmas movies on under the cinema. Uh,
1: no. I mean, boss certainly laces me with plenty, but we,
2: we, we, there, there's actually, there's,
0: there's quite a few. We've got a good, I mean, some, some definite stretches, but there, there, you know, we got, we got, we got some going on there.
1: What was the, uh, yeah. For those who don't know, uh, we do under the Cinemat on our Patreon at the lapsed Fan. It's a show that looks at, you know, the full bore history of of films that feature or somehow have something to do with pro wrestling and like Die Hard, for example, a Christmas movie. And yes. how did you find the, uh, the wrestling connection there?
0: Well, there's a wrestler in the movie, his name, uh, Wilhelm von Homburg goddamn right. Real name, real name, Norbert Gruppe, who, uh, uh, was a, was a professional wrestler in the, in the early 1960s and, uh, wrestled with his dad
2: actually. And Alan Rickman, professional wrestler as well.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh shit that's a good one <laughs> that, would, that would be amazing that's a good one that would that would open up a lot of doors Mr. Tell Belvedere, you that right now. yeah <laughs> oh shit
2: well I, just out of curiosity because you've never been on the show normally i have people talk about what some of their favorite movies of all time are what are some of your favorite non-christmas films jack
1: pleasantville i think pleasantville oh, yeah. is a high achievement in cinema in every way and says yep. a lot of what needs to be said. I'm really into like message movies.
0: That, and I'll tell you what, that's a shoot. Cause he's been saying that since we were
1: in college. Yep. We went to a big time film geek college, Emerson college. So that's a safe movie to say is your favorite on that campus, you know? Yeah. But it's a shoot. It yeah. really, I mean, I really still think of that movie first when I think about like, you know, a movie that achieved so much within its window. Um, and I, you know, as a kid, I used to love uh, all kinds of weird ones. Like, I talk about it all the time on on lapsed fan, like don't tell mom the babysitter's dead and Mrs. Doubtfire. (laughs) These are movies that I had on VHS and just memorized every single line to. So I I can't front about the special place movies like that hold in your heart, even if they're not the biggest cinematic achievements. There's no replacing that film that you just, for whatever reason, watched a million times as a kid. You know, that's...
0: If you're you're alive during during the, the VHS era, if there was a movie that you could watch, patiently wait for it to rewind, and then watch it again, that's a movie that sticks with you,
1: for sure. Yeah. And there was a component of it, too, if I'm remembering correctly, because you know, we had HBO, and so summer school vacations, you know, there would be sort of like these reliable on-loop mm. movies that would play a hundred times. And if you're just bored on a summer afternoon, as you so often are as, as a young kid on a summer vacation without a license or anything like that, earlier than that. You would just sort of, you know, subject yourself to whatever HBO decided to put on loop. And so I think of that. I think of Ladybugs with Rodney Dangerfield. You oh know? God, I watched hilarious. that movie probably 400,000 times. That's so funny. Can you make it a woman? And I, <laughs> all these lines like, Martha, you're. Oh. Um, and I like uh, The Brown Bunny. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, Vincent yeah. Gallo's finest.
1: That's right. Chloe Savigny. Uh, I'll say maybe Close to finest, actually. <laughs> I'm the only I'm probably the only person you'll find who will say Mrs. Doubtfire, Gummo, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Kids. Uh, oh God. Oh god. It was a Bruder film.
2: I don't know that brown bunny or ladybugs have ever been brought up, and definitely not in succession.
1: <laughs> yeah, that'll actually get you investigated these days to put those <laughs> to mention those two. You Google oh, those back to back and uh, your local uh Your local sheriff's office is putting the digital forensics on you. What's this IP
2: address? Then you're on a different kind of list. Yeah. Oh, fuck. Uh, Well, like uh, like JP said last year, anytime Christmas is in a film, whether in the forefront or the background, it just makes it a little bit better. There's something about the ambiance of seeing the decorations and hearing the music and the snow and the colors just makes everything better. Like, I don't think Die Hard would be the same movie if he was attending a fucking Fourth of July party.
0: It's why the other Die Hards after Die Hard 2 just don't work as well. Like, honestly, the Christmas setting really... Makes it a Die Hard film. I mean, I like Die Hard with a Vengeance, and I think it's fine. But it's like it doesn't feel the same. It's not. It it lacks, as I used to say in college. Everything after Die Hard Two, Die Harder, um, is a John McClane action movie. It's not a Die Hard movie.
2: Yep, I agree.
0: Die Hard movies are very, very specific with like being in a situation, like being like kind of isolated. John McClane being isolated in 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 an area that he can't control and it's like he has to have surroundings. It can't be like the fact oh but look they went from a building to an airport to New York City. No no no, it's got to have borders. It's got to have you know, you can't have it just be a city. It doesn't make doesn't work. And it's got to have Christmas. Honest to god, like it's so essential.
1: That's something we spend a lot of time on under the cinema too is is this a Christmas movie? Yep. You know, it's one yep. of everyone's favorite talking points, but I remember Bossman making the case for Die Hard well before it was like oh, a yeah. thing. Oh to yeah. Oh yeah. Oh god. Online. Yeah.
0: I've been I've been
1: I've been standing by that since probably if not college. And what are the, what's the criteria? Well, what's the criteria? I think you've got a really good one.
0: I do have a criteria for for uh, for a film for a Christmas movie. Number one, obviously, uh, a, a good chunk uh, uh, has to be takes place at Christmas. Number one. Uh, number two. It needs, to have, it needs to feature Christmas music within the movie. Not necessarily the soundtrack, but it needs to be maybe ambient. you know, uh, uh, um, diegetic sound if necessary. Uh, number three, um, uh, uh, Christmas decorations need to be seen. For sure. Those are essential. And, uh, uh, you know, if there's any mention of Santa Claus or features of Santa Claus
2: or something like that. Anybody that says Die Hard is not a Christmas movie is straight up wrong.
0: Fucking idiots. It is. I mean, not only that, but thematically it, it, it plays because it deals with redemption. It deals with family. It deals with, you know, overcoming whatever and just like, you know, and celebrating, you know, being together, you know, all those things are there. They're just not necessarily in the traditional aspect that we see on the Hallmark Channel.
2: For me, one of those things is, would would the movie happen? Would this plot happen without Christmas? And in yep. Die Hard's case, it doesn't happen because he's in town for the holidays. Right, he's trying to make up with his wife and see his kids for the holidays.
1: That's like saying Planes, Trains is in a Thanksgiving
2: movie. It's like, yeah, of course right. it is,
1: even though you don't even see Thanksgiving portrayed. I know. The whole reason this series of events is set into motion is because it is Thanksgiving.
2: Christmas presents, do you open them on Christmas Eve or Christmas Day?
1: Mm. When I was a kid, Christmas Eve was the bigger of the two days and Christmas morning tended to be, you know, one or two big gifts, but not,
0: mm.
1: not the full Monty from all family members. That tended to be a Christmas Eve thing. Uh, but as I got older and had my own kids, it's, it's much more of a Christmas morning thing.
0: Uh, when I was younger, we used to, so we used to have, I mean, in a weird way, we have two Christmases because we'd celebrate my mom's side of the family on Christmas Eve. So we'd have gifts there and then we'd celebrate my dad's side of the family on Christmas day. So we'd have, we'd do both. Um, but now as same as time has gone on, it's, it's pretty much just Christmas day. Cause we're usually, I mean, these days we're usually doing something, some kind of activity with my parents, you know, and going out to dinner or something like that on Christmas Eve. And so, yeah, definitely Christmas morning. We love I mean, We love doing that. Wrapping the gifts and stuff and all that.
1: Sitting on your ass all day and Absolutely. watching basketball, <laughs> falling asleep, reading uh, a wrestling book. I mean, right, dude, should I right. go on, you know, watching,
2: watching 18 movies in a row.
1: Trying to find a Dunkin' that's open.
2: Yeah. Last uh, tradition question. When do the decorations go up?
1: Uh, For me, it's usually the weekend after Thanksgiving. Mm. Okay. There have been occasions where I've actually done it the weekend before Thanksgiving because I expect that weekend to be busy. Last year, we did a fan event at the Boston Garden for the WWE Survivor Series where listeners were able to join us in in a luxury box to watch that. And that was the Saturday after Thanksgiving, knowing that I did the weekend before. But uh, other than that, it's almost always uh, the, the weekend after Thanksgiving.
0: I try to do have everything done, and we the last couple of years we have not been successful with this. Try to get everything done by the weekend before Thanksgiving, so that we can come home from Thanksgiving and everything's ready to go. Perfect.
1: What's tricky about that, though, is that you know, like, what if something changes, and now you're not going where you expect it to go, and mm-hmm. you're looking at Christmas decorations the week before Thanksgiving. That doesn't work either. You have to you have to count on being away. You know,
0: I I, I, I agree to an extent, but I'll tell you what. You know, I used to, I used to wait until listening to Christmas music until, until the week of Thanksgiving. That was kind of it. I'd, I'd start then to kind of like segue in, but I'll tell you in later, in these years, recent years, I've kind of like had the urge and it's felt right to do it sometimes a little bit earlier. Yeah. So I've been, I've, I've kind of been playing it more off of emotion, off of feeling than necessarily,
1: you know. I remember one year, I, my, one of my first years in college living in a dorm, I, I fucking started putting village pieces out in the last weekend of October. It just came over me. I was out at at stores and I was like, "What the fuck? Where we're going? We're doing this?" Let me this. tell you,
0: his decorations in in the dorms were fucking. It just it was it was so heartwarming and so. Like, I used just, to have
1: the candles going too. I yep, mean, I'm yep. really.
2: Sad, oh, nice. Really yeah. Sad. Oh,
1: god.
0: Just fucking unbelievable.
2: It was great. Well, uh, gents, I have no idea how this draft is going to go. There are so many awesome Christmas movies. Normally, when we do a draft like this, I kind of know what's going to go one and two, but I have no idea where this is going to go. So that's why this is going to be so much fun. I also think it's really going to come down to possibly the fifth pick. Like, yeah. Because there are so many great Christmas movies. That fifth pick might be the one that pushes somebody over the edge towards one of your lists. Um, and remember, you're playing to the fans, so who knows how far a Hulk wow. Hogan or a Bill Goldberg Christmas movie pick would go with the solar system. <laughs> we don't know. We don't know, oh. but we're going to find out shortly. Uh, real quick, a couple trivia things about Christmas films. Do it. Any of you know what the top grossing Christmas film of all time is or want to toss out a guess? Not what? adjusted for inflation.
1: Uh, Tim Tim Allen, Santa Claus.
2: Nope. Including video sales like up to today? Theatrical. Theatrical only. Theatrical only. Yep. Okay. Theatrical only. Well, uh... Uh, the Santa Claus Jack is not in the top 10. Wow.
1: Uh, the Jim Carrey Grinch. Home Alone.
2: Uh, all right. So the Jim Carrey Grinch is, that's number five. That's number five. Okay, wow. That sounds right. With 345 million. Uh, Home Alone is number two at $476 million. At Number one is the animated DreamWorks Grinch film from 2018. It's number one? $526 million.
1: I was going for the more contemporary ones for no other reason than high, higher ticket prices, right?
0: But that's the newer one, though, right? You said the 2018 one. That's the one with uh, Benedict Cumberbatch, right? Yeah, so that's really close. That's recent.
2: Yep. Top five are The Grinch, Home Alone at number two. Number three, Alvin and the Chipmunks. Which I didn't even know was a Christmas movie. Number four, Home Alone Two: Lost in New York, and number five was the Jim Carrey Grinch film.
1: And that Home Alone sang a lot because dollar for dollar, you, you know, you could see Home Alone one for like ten percent of the price, even adjusted oh, for God, inflation. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But now it's like fifty bucks to go to the movies. It's fucking insane.
2: <sighs> two other trivia things here. Uh, number two, the fake snow recipe that we see in TV and movies today was actually created for It's a Wonderful Life. Because really? the fake snow that they were using was too crunchy for their microphones. So they came up with a concoction that is still used today. That's really funny.
1: That's like a blend that they put the fan out in front of and, and shot it up yep. as like a uh it's all it, it's it's tantamount to what firefighters use to put out um
2: flames. It is. Really? Yeah. Yep. It's a mixture of foamite, sugar, water, and soap flakes. Wow. Foamite.
1: I was gonna say foam, but <laughs> foamite, yes. And what they used before that was like literally like cereal, wasn't it? Or or like uh it was something with much more heft to it that, that wasn't working, that they replaced, that they created that brew for, yeah. Really?
0: Oh, I didn't know
2: that. Last trivia thing here about Christmas movies, there's a Ralphie Parker cinematic universe. If you've ever seen A Christmas Story, there yes. are four prequels and three sequels to that movie.
0: I know that there's sequels.
1: I know that there's, a, there's like a summer, a summer one.
2: Yep, My Summer Story was in 94.
1: The Gene Carroll novel that it's based on, a lot of the scenes that happen at Christmas time in the film actually take place during other holidays. For example, the dogs rushing the turkey is actually an Easter scene in the novel, not a Christmas scene.
2: Really? I didn't know that. Yeah. Let's get into this draft. Now, the way that this game works is really simple. Each player will draft a film until both of you have five total. If a film is drafted, the other player cannot draft it. Once the lists are compiled and the podcast is out for people to listen to, users will have the chance to vote for the winner. In order to determine who goes first, we're going to play a game called Four Frames. This is going to be pretty fun, I think. As you're probably aware, when you look up an actor on IMDb, it's going to show you the four films that they believe that actor is known for. Sometimes it's pretty accurate. But as we've learned in these drafts, um, most of the time, IMDb is pretty dumb. So in a moment, I'm going to give you an actor's name and you're going to send me. Well, we'll have to decide how we're going to send these messages. Do you want to send it like through email?
1: Yeah, email's great. Sure.
2: So once you get your email up, here's how this is going to go. In a moment, I'm going to give you this actor's name and you're going to send me an email with the four films that you think IMDB says that person is known for.
1: Right. I'm not going to do well here.
2: I'm not going to be giving you any off the wall ones here. I'm not going to give you like fucking clue Gulager, but uh, this is going to be a (laughs) well-known actor. I would have gotten that one. (laughs) 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 And just, uh, yeah, just all all you need to do is send me an email with the four films you think they are known for. The person who gets the most right will get the first pick. If you both have the same number, correct. We're going to go back and forth throwing titles out until somebody gets one right. And the person who gets to toss a title out first in that scenario is whoever sends me the email first. So speed does count in this scenario if you tie. Today's subject for four frames is somebody who is in one of the wackiest Christmas movies of all time. Uh Arnold Schwarzenegger. Uh Just send me an email with the four titles you think IMDb says Arnold Schwarzenegger is known for. The wackiest Christmas movie, of course, I am talking about is...
1: Jingle all the way. Sent. Same.
2: Jack was first. Goddamn
1: right. Yep. Yep.
2: And uh, still waiting on JP's. I'm sure it's on the way. I will obviously cleverly edit this so it's not just dead air. (laughs) Well, his
1: took longer because he actually went on IMDb. No way. No way. Never. (laughs) Never, ever. Check your spam folder.
2: There we go. There we go.
1: You probably shouldn't have written a Best Buy Redemption Order number
2: 6787 (laughs) in the subject line. (laughs) Renewal. Right, exactly. (laughs) Okay. All right, so here are the four that uh, Jack chose. We've got Jingle All The Way, we've got Terminator, Terminator 2, and Pumping Iron went went with a a a deep cut there. That's a good call. Uh, I can tell you, you got two correct. Wow. Two correct. JP, you have Terminator 2, Conan the Barbarian, Total Recall, and the first Terminator as well. You also have two. You both got Terminator and, and Terminator, Terminator 2. two. Yeah.
1: <laughs> That's fucking easy. Yeah.
2: So we're tied? Shit. So you're tied. So Jack, you sent me the email first. So toss out another Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. And if you get it right, you win. This is sudden death here.
1: Yeah. Oh, man. I mean, um, kindergarten cop.
2: Good choice, but not on there. Mm. JP. Um, twins. Ooh, another good movie, but not, not one of the four that IMDB says he's known for.
1: Last Action Hero.
2: Boom, got that, it. That's yeah. A boom, yep. Shit,
0: I was gonna say it. I was gonna fucking <laughs> say it.
2: IMDb says his top four movies that he's known for are Terminator, Terminator Two, Last Action Hero, and The Sixth Day.
1: Oh fuck
2: me! From like two thousand, no Predator, no Commando. I was very surprised. Very suspicious that of that. That's Last weird. Action Hero.
1: He's no. It's infamous. It's not famous. Right. <laughs> it's not famous. It's infamous. Exactly.
2: <laughs> yep. And real quick. Since you guys are uh, obviously huge wrestling fans, have you ever heard of the Arnold Schwarzenegger proposed script written by Stuart Gordon called Berserker? No. Oh. No. Okay, I'm going to I'm going to give you some fun trivia here. So Stuart Gordon is obviously like this uh, who's a real Low budget filmmaker in yeah. the 80s made some great movies with uh like From Beyond and The Reanimator. Yeah. Well, he had a stuntman on Reanimator who was Arnold's double, and so he got them talking. They basically wrote a script for him called Steroid, which was then retitled to be Berserker, and it was going to star Arnold as a professional wrestler who took this experimental steroid that gave him super strength and started turning him into a lizard. But at one point in the script, he is, you know, he's in the squared circle and he pulls a guy's arm off, holds it up over his head and throws it into the crowd. That's how nuts this movie was going to be. Wow. Could you imagine?
1: I need it. I need it. It was nonfiction all the way up until ripping the arm off. <laughs> well, I don't know. About
2: <laughs> I looked for the script. I couldn't find it. I, I would love to read the whole thing, but I, I bet you could find somebody in the solar system that has it because there's copies out there. There's just nothing That's online tremendous. that I can find. Gentlemen. We've got our our first pick here in the queue. Let's get to this draft. Jack, you've got the first choice. What film are you going with for number one in the Christmas film draft?
1: It's a Wonderful Life. It's a Wonderful Life is first.
2: On Christmas Day, Fox 32 presents the greatest gift a
0: TV station can give, a movie without commercials. It's Frank Capra's holiday masterpiece, the story of George Bailey and an angel named Clarence. You've been given a great gift, George. A chance to see what the world would be like without you. So join James Stewart and Donna Reed for It's a Wonderful Life, presented without
1: commercial interruption. Christmas Day at 5 on Fox 32. It is not only the the, the greatest Christmas movie of all time, it is the greatest film of all time. Frank Capra, inspired by a Christmas card that was written by an author named Philip Van Dornstern, I think is his full name, and um, adapted for the screen. It was called the greatest gift in its original incarnation. The greatest gift being life. As this um, hard on his luck uh, character by the name of George Bailey reaches a point, despite having all the trappings of domestic bliss, that he's considering jumping off a bridge and committing suicide. At which point, a uh, a guardian angel around Christmas time presents himself, and. Um, Helps him realize that um, it's in keeping with sort of the Dickensian Christmas Carol idea of having a window into what the world would be like if you died, or if you never existed, and and sort of how differently, um, and how, how how differently everybody would be that that you don't realize you're impacting in your life. And further to that, it's a movie about how disconnected from material wealth happiness really is, and and how how little feeling fulfilled has to do with having, um, trinkets. You know, George Bailey is a guy who is dreaming big about designing big cities and becoming a huge, massive architect from the small town of, of Bedford Falls and, and not taking over the father, uh, his father's building and loan business, which had been the family for, for generations. I think if, if I'm remembering the story correctly, irregardless, he's someone who feels that pull and who the dad wants to send him on his way to go be the prodigal son. And, that's just not. That just wasn't in the cards for him. That wasn't. That wasn't the thing that he could do to matter the most to the people that gave a shit about him, and he chose begrudgingly to to hold down Bedford Falls. And if we all had held down our own Bedford Falls instead of fucking with other people and minding other people's business and counting other people's money and obsessing over other people's bullshit, we might be in a state of bliss like he is at the end of that movie. It's all there. Everything cinema can achieve is achieved in that movie. There's a ton of, you already mentioned the, the special effects legacy the movie has. Uh, Donna Reed is absolutely terrific in it. Frank Capra is the fucking man. It's all there. It's, uh, if, if, you don't, if you watch that movie and you don't realize five or six things about how to live a moral life, then I'm afraid uh, there's, there's nothing we can do for you. And that's as Christmas as it gets feeling that way watching a movie
0: tells you something about the baileys (laughs) that's
1: exactly correct
2: (laughs) gives you an idea
0: of the baileys Mm -hmm. oh i mean don't mean any disrespect
2: jp i when i when i uh was trying to gauge what people were going to choose in this draft i peg this as your first pick Mm. how are you feeling now that it's off the board
0: wasn't my first pick so i'm okay oh really yep was not my first pick shall i go
2: yeah let's see what he got at number two or your first pick, really. Christmas story. Always. Ah, fucking hell. In this modern age, Perfect. too many people have
0: lost sight of the true meaning of Christmas. Ho, oh, oh, ho,
2: oh. ho. So now, in the spirit of the original, traditional American Christmas, MGM presents you. the movie that sends up Santa Claus. Oh. Shut up, Ralphie! A Christmas story did
1: PG. Starts Friday at select area theaters. Always,
0: always. It's the ultimate. It is the one that closes out my Christmas season every single year. I don't watch it until, until TBS is playing it over and over and over and over again. Same. It's funny, you know, I saw it as a kid growing up, and I wasn't a fan. Actually, it kind of scared me. <laughs> um, fucking uh, the bully there. What the, what the hell's his name? Uh, Farkas. I he scares the sh- he scared the shit out of me as a kid. Like really, when he comes, when he comes from behind the uh, the 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 fence, I was like, the, I get real afraid. And this was I was probably I think probably four or five when I saw the movie the first time. And and I was petrified by him, and I tr- avoided it forever. And then, you know, as I grew up and I started rewatching it i i realized just just how tremendous it is and how just honest it is and um i mean if you don't know a christmas story you don't deserve to celebrate christmas that's just the way that goes but uh, uh for those who don't know it's a obviously it's a it's a a nostalgia piece with uh, the narrator as a middle-aged man reflecting on his favorite christmas and just watching The trials and tribulations of of the nineteen forties family, just like celebrating the Christmas season and going to day to day stuff. It's a slice of life picture. It's it 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 makes you want to only be able to listen to the radio instead of watching television. It it it, you know uh, I have my my favorite my favorite Christmas decoration. Uh, is from that movie, and I'll tell you a story. So back in two thousand five, um, the Christmas of two thousand five, a major snowstorm on Christmas Day. On Christmas Day, to the point where I remember our Christmas was canceled. Like our family Christmas was canceled. We couldn't do it because it was that bad of snow. But the post office was running, and. Christmas morning, all of a sudden, the, the guy fucking in the USPS comes up and my dad freaks out because this was his big gift for me. And he runs outside in shorts, short <laughs> sleeve shirt, okay, in like probably, I, I think sandals. And son of a bitch slips on the snow and falls on his ass as he's trying to get this gift from, from the mailman, brings it in, and you know where I'm going with this. On the top of the box, it says Fragile. and I knew right then and there my leg lamp had arrived, and I've had it ever since. I love that; it's terrific. Yep, yeah. that's awesome. It's always been our our like family Christmas movie.
2: Yeah, and and a, a ton of families feel oh, the yeah, same way. Sure. I mean, like you said, this yeah. is looped on TBS like for 24 hours or something mm-hmm. like that. It's probably yeah. the only film that's like that in the in the world um jack you sounded pretty bummed when this one came off the board (laughs) yeah i did i did
1: (laughs) i was and i am yep the same and you should be on all on all accounts i mean the film just beautifully depicts the simplicity at the heart of a well-observed christmas and yeah and and, then and takes you to a time where you couldn't afford to be worried about anything but you know what had to be done and uh and that's why Christmas was special because his dad is such a whip crack and old school. But even he softens up on that one day yeah. and when they're looking out right. the window at the end of the film after with a, with a glass of wine. It's like it gives you something to aspire to also as, as an adult observing Christmas as yep. well. Yeah. Love that film. Absolutely terrific. And they've started playing um, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation on TBS on 24 hour loop as well. Oh, and okay. I think they did plane streams oh, this year, too. Really? And there's just so little things that linear networks can put on TV that anyone will watch now. I know. It's yeah. so funny.
2: You kind of mentioned it there. I think that one of the reasons that A Christmas Story holds up so well is that it gives you a perspective when you're a kid. But then, as you get to an adult, you identify with different aspects of it. It's one of those timeless classics where any age you're going to identify with something. It's just not going to be the same thing as you get older. And yeah, now I feel like the old man. You know, when I'm, yep. uh, that's what I want to do on on days is just kind of chill. When I was younger, it was that thing I was pining after for christmas so yeah there's there's all kinds of elements it also taught me i've lived in california most of my life i didn't know the whole ice tongue thing on the pole i had no idea what the hell was going on there when i was little
1: i didn't (laughs) either and i grew up in boston so i've never even thought about putting my tongue in a pole even before i saw that movie no i mean and it'll put the fucking fear of god in you right there
0: to do it anyway
2: it sure did like whoa all right, so we've got "It's a Wonderful Life," with, which, by the way, has a new 4K disc uh, that goes pretty cheap now. So if you can find that on 4K, looks tremendous. At uh, number one for Jack and for JP, we had a Christmas story and his number one pick. Jack, what do you got at number two?
1: Home Alone.
2: In their
0: rush to the airport, the McAllisters overlooked one
1: minor detail. Even now his parents have a problem.
2: I don't care if I have to get out on your runway and hitchhike. I am going to get home to my son. Two
0: burglars are in trouble. We know that you're in there. In. Heads up! <laughs> and Kevin is in heaven.
1: <laughs>
0: home alone. Rated PG. Starts Friday at theaters everywhere.
1: I'm inclined, in my heart of heart of hearts, to pick this first. A little bit of strategy, in terms of like. You know, I didn't want It's a Wonderful Life to come off the table because I got a lot to say about that movie. And if I got the first crack at the apple, I was going to pick it. But Home Alone is the coming of age for me. Mm -hmm. Had it on VHS, watched it probably 400 times in my life, probably 700, honestly. Went to see it in the theaters when it got re-released on its 20th. Did you see it when it first came out? Were you too young? I saw it on VHS when it first came out. Yep, and I still remember it was such a warm Christmas because it was in the house all of a sudden. I didn't buy it. Someone brought it over the house and left it there. And I popped that sucker in, man, and I was just to this day I reach for the aesthetic of, of, of the McAllister family home. We went to the home in Winnetka. We yep. went uh and stood on the sidewalk and looked at it and That's right, we did let it disappoint us, you know. <laughs> and uh you know, drove through the meandering roads and the bridge that he runs over and you can sort of sense the town that inspired uh Columbus. Um And and Hughes, so I I just, I mean, the film is just—it's not about opening presents, right? It's a caper movie or whatever. It's a you know scary robber movie, just fit beautifully into Christmas. I mean, just I have never seen, and I never will see Christmas as beautifully depicted as it is in this movie. Every frame, I mean, certainly every every frame of the house is there's red and green in the background. You know, that's.
0: I mean, we and we talked about too when we when we did that under the cinema. We talked about how it's just one of those movies where. You know, you can never get the aesthetic because of that because you know they use film tricks to make those lights glow and have those halos because they you know they probably smudge the lens a little bit, you know, just to to give it that effect and and it's like, you know, it's this it's the it's the ultimate fantasy.
1: Christmas decor that you'll never be able to get. And and no fuss is made about it. Unlike right. national lampoons and other films that right. feature big scenes where there's, you know, decoration and it's made a, a big moment in the film. No, it's just, it's just quietly observed in the background. It's just as things should be on the holiday. And this is a family that's fucking leaving Chicago for the holiday and they decorate like that, you know. I mean, wh- you know, what kind of chump am I if I if I'm not up to snuff and I plan on being in the house on Christmas Day?
0: I am loving to the uh, the. I don't know if it's been around for a while, but I've only first I've only seen it for the first time this year. The the meme that's going around with um you know how did this fucking guy. Yeah, yeah. You know what does he do to do that? And then they show underneath, like the next thing is him with Tony Soprano, and from like the first season <laughs> of, the, of the Sopranos, and I fucking love that. Like it's such a great, such a great little bit. I
1: always think of Kevin McAllister's dad as having Clark Griswold's job because they're both Chicago. Yeah, like Chicago land. Like you know, he works. He works in a tower next to the Chicago River, and you know he commutes to this to the burbs for an hour every day, and he's got some sort of. Bullshit. Eighties ad agency job.
0: Do you think he's also in the uh, the business of non nutritive uh, cereal varnishes?
1: <laughs> something like <laughs> something maybe com- like that. He maybe wears-
0: a, co- a competing
1: company. <laughs> yes. He, he he goes. He buys Christmas gifts at Macy's on his break. That's the kind of job he has. And uh, you know, I just I just obsessed over the movie. I used to try to recreate. You know, a lot of Kevin's traps. I remember one time oh, when yeah. my brother was crawling around the house. He was a baby. I put a a toy tied to some yarn over the top Mm -hmm. of a a lamp that we had hanging from the ceiling and I waited for him. I put something under there like one of his favorite toys so he'd crawl under there in his diaper Mm. and then I cut the string from across the room (laughs) and watched the toy fall on his head. Oh my God, I mean, God, that's just like fucking amazing that a movie can make you do something like that. I fantasized about having our house fucking invaded and all the things I do to to bruise the criminals. I mean, what kind of... It stuck with me all year, it wasn't even about Christmas at the, in the beginning. It was just being enchanted by this kid who, like, took ownership of uh, a situation that we all fear as little ones, you know? Sure. Like, he just... It's just so satisfying to a kid to think that there's something he could do to fight back if people were trying to violate his safe, you know, space. Yeah. John it's, Williams? It's
0: the best. Oh, the score itself. I mean, the score is magic. I mean, it's just fucking magic. The
1: soundtrack is just,
0: I mean... It's it's just complete gold. It's so it's just amazing what what he is able to do. And and we did um uh, uh we did a series on Under the Cinemat last year um that was about um George Lucas and Pat Roach and their collaboration. But um they we did focus on John Williams and maybe I should focus more John Williams this year on another thing when we did disaster movies. But either way, one of the John Williams things that we did and, and his humility is what also makes him so fucking magical as a human being, because I'll never forget and that when he was asked to do the, the score for Schindler's List and, you know, he goes to Steven Spielberg and says, uh, you got to find a better composer to do this music for this movie. <laughs> and, and it's like, are you fucking kidding me? And the punchline is, is that, he says, "Yeah, I know, but they're all dead." That's what Spielberg says to him. But like, can you imagine John Williams saying, "I'm not good enough to compose this movie"? That's also because that kind of that humility is just—it's in his music. Like, it's—it's it's music for everybody, and it—it's a—it's a, its not. It, I don't think that it is a coincidence. That so many of his scores are just embedded in people's brains, including Home Alone.
2: My kid's five years old. He knows the Home Alone score. That's right. I guess the only things I'll say about Home Alone are the, the, the script is just like so tight. It's such a great script. Um, and then the other thing I want to say is, man, fuck Uncle Frank. One of my most hated film characters of all time, Uncle Frank. Oh, totally. What a dick. What a bitch.
1: Yeah, t- totally. <laughs> yeah.
2: Freeloader. Cannot stand Uncle Frank. mean Freed. this guy? <laughs> there it. he is. Oh, that guy. If We've got a picture of Uncle Frank up. I forgot like my that. reading glasses. I forgot my reading glasses. Horrible. Oh, Horrible.
1: And here, here's a piece of trivia. And we know this because for a feature we did on Lapsed Fan, Bossman was able to get his hands on a script for, for mm-hmm. Home Alone. Production script. And uh, do you know Harry's last name?
2: I do not. Wait, it's never Harry said Lyme. in the film. Harry Lime. Harry oh, he got it. That's right. It's
1: never said in yeah. the film, is it, Boss? No. No,
0: I don't think his name is ever said in said in the film. How did I know it? I have no idea.
1: (laughs) Amazing reference to the Third Man, Hulk Hogan, Bash of the Beach '96. That's right. That's right. (laughs) Starring
0: Orson Welles and Joseph Cotton. (laughs) Hey, you know they they call me Orson Welles. Okay, you know I said you know we call him the Third Man. You know, like fucking Orson Welles, fucking Carol (laughs) Reed making film. You know,
1: speaking of big actors, (laughs) that's right.
2: Speaking of Home Alone,
1: (laughs) oh shit, that's actually kind of dark.
0: Oh shit, I like it. I like it. I like it.
2: All right, pick number two for you, JP. Die Hard. It's a spectacular
1: adventure of escape and rescue. It's
2: towering. It's explosive. It's one night of blazing suspense. Boom. 40 stories
1: high. Bruce Willis in
2: Die Hard. Rated R. Figured that's where you were going.
0: Yep. Can't do it without it. It's one of the, again, you know, uh, I'm looking at, you know, when it comes to, the, to, to my list, it's, it's the main event pictures that I wait usually to the last week of the Christmas season to watch. And so far I'm doing okay, but that's, that's easily number two. And I mean, we've already said it about Die Hard. It's, it's a, it's a fucking great movie. It's, it deals with, you know, despite what anyone thinks, like your opinions are wrong. Action movies can be Christmas movies. There are plenty of them out there. And uh, it deals with the themes. It deals with all the themes that you would find in other, in other Christmas movies, just in a violent way. And lots of blood and explosions and Wilhelm von Humburg.
2: Die Hard is not only one of the best Christmas movies of all time. In my opinion, it's one of the best movies of all time. Uh, I said when we were talking Home Alone how tight the script was on that. I think Die Hard might be my favorite script of all time. Literally Mm. every line is paid off. There's a small joke in there where Ellis is negotiating. He says he's going to negotiate with the terrorists. And then it cuts away and it cuts back and they're giving him a Coca-Cola which is like this funny joke because they don't understand when he asked for Coke that he's a cokehead and he wants more of his Coke. And they right. brought him a Coca-Cola. Right. Like stuff like that is just so are these small touches that just make me love that movie so much.
0: It's, and it's so beautifully shot. It's like, you know, John, John McTiernan. It's a shame that he is just, you know, crashed and burned on a personal level and criminal level. But, He's such a great, he was such a fucking great filmmaker. You look at just how pristine those, like his movies were in the late 80s and the early 90s. They're just gorgeous, absolutely gorgeous movies. And he was so, he had such a great way of telling big adventure stories in a way that was grounded the, 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 and, and, you know, you talk about little, like little moments like that. Can I tell you one of my favorite little moments in Die Hard is at the very beginning? It's this great little shot. It's a, it's like a teaser shot. It's a trick shot. You see this shot. You, you're, we're in the airplane, right? And we start pulling back and the name Bruce Willis shows up. And we think it's the guy who ends up becoming like the guy next to him. But if you notice, Bruce Willis's name pops up on his hand, on his hand, on, on the, uh, the, the, the armrest. Like it goes there, even though it gives us this tease that the full bodied guys, be Bruce Willis, like, no, no, no. This hand is Bruce Willis. That's Bruce Willis's hand. It's such a, it's like, I mean, fucking Christ. Like, it's so awesome. <laughs>
1: You got the Nakatomi Plaza advent calendar there in arm's reach? Yeah,
0: let me see if I can find where to
2: put that. Yeah, someone well
1: our fans sent us Christmas gifts this year, and one of them, in recognition of our love for Die Hard, was uh, the following
2: Part of the Unwrapping. That's right. You
1: got it, man. Yeah. It's the second annual Unwrapping, as listeners of the podcast from all over the world are sending us gifts to unwrap in, in real time.
2: It's like Hans Gruber that falls uh, each yeah. day. Yeah. I've, I've, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I've yeah, been yeah, wanting yeah, that yeah.
0: too. Oh, it's so great. Yeah.
2: Where a lot of people's annual movie is. Uh, a Christmas Story, Die Hard is mine. Die Hard is, is my favorite Christmas movie of all time. I love it. It's something that I look forward to every December. Yep. And uh, I haven't watched it yet, but I, I, I'm, I'm like holding off just like you. It's, it's tough to hold off until Christmas Eve, but I got to do it.
1: Yep. I will say Die Hard is the favorite Christmas movie for people who love movies more than they love Christmas. Mm. I'm the opposite. I love Christmas more than I love movies. That's true. Good point. Take it or leave it.
2: Well, uh, speaking of taking it, what are you taking at number three?
1: number three is elf with will ferrell
2: what's your name buddy your
1: costume is pretty oh it's not a
0: costume i'm an elf well technically i'm a human but i was raised by elves
1: on november 7th the world's largest elf is coming home for the holidays
0: we elves try to stick to the four main food groups candy candy canes candy corns and syrup will ferrell okay people santa's coming i know him i know him
1: L. What do you want for Christmas? A
0: Susie Talk one?
1: I'll put in a good word with the big man. Rated PG starts Friday, November seventh. You know, taking it more into I guess somewhat more of a modern time and to go from uh, it's a wonderful life to elf is, is quite a spectrum. But it's a movie that figures out everything that was magical and popping and resonant about the way Christmas was depicted through the eighties and nineties, with with the callbacks to the um, you know, the clay, the, the claymation uh, Rudolph and and Frosty, all the way down to those small details. Um, beautiful. John Favreau does a terrific job. Uh, you have Ed Asner. You have James Kahn. Good to have you in the loop. You know, <laughs> James Kahn's job in that movie is another example of the kind of job I said Kevin McAllister's dad has some bullshit, oh, yeah. like 46th floor of the tower. Like, no really knows what he does. Yeah, exactly. Some yeah, kind of fucking publishing
2: break. bullshit, you know. What's yeah. your job? Business. Right. right. Exactly.
1: Exactly. exactly. I'm in business. My job is making no less than 2.6. That's right. Um,
0: <laughs> feet up
1: on the desk. Yeah. You know, not for nothing. I got more experience. I've been around the block, blah, 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 blah. And he's perfect in the role. And the way he, like, kind of neglects his kid and comes to realize that that's bullshit. Don't be a, a fucking prick, you know. Is is so important. I
0: really wish that they kept that line in when when they say don't be a fucking prick. You know, that would have been great. But <laughs> yeah, that would've you know, compromised go for, the, the, for that the PG kids rating. Rating. I know, I know, but
1: hey. And New York and Christmas, you know, depicting a New York Christmas is is vital and the movie yes, it does is. it just as perfectly as Home Alone 2, in my opinion. The way Will Ferrell makes it through the city and animates, you know, the Empire State Building and so many other landmarks, Central Park, with 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 kind of like Christmas magic and mystique even almost because he's, you know, a supernatural figure walking around. Well, he's not re- actually, he's, he's, a human being, of course, um, in the context of the film. Um, Zoe Deschanel is terrific in the movie. Oh yeah. You get a little, you get a dash of that David Sedaris Christmas humor. Yeah, Amy Sedaris in fact in the movie as the, the, uh, secretary. But but that's sort of, you know, one of my favorite Christmas stories is, is David Sedaris's Santaland Diaries, where he uh, sort of takes you through what it's like to be a Macy Santaland elf in the early 90s when you're trying to make it as an artist in New York. And, and it's very 90s New York, Friends era New York. And just the, the indignities and the small ways that you make it tolerable that this is the job that you're taking for a couple of months. And and they get at that too with the the with gimbals you know the, the the department store component of um not not to look ahead to miracle on 34th street which might be in the chamber um you know it's also very important to depict kind of like the, the role of retail but but give it a soft touch you know it's not just like this it's not like just this incredibly cynical uh sort of commercialization you know it's like mo- most great christmas specials and movies yeah exactly they kind of roll their eyes at just like decrying the commercialism of Christmas. It's like, well, you know, if there's one time a year where you're permissioned to lean in to what America is all about consuming, uh, you might as well celebrate it though. You can hate yourself the rest of the year, but Christmas gives you license to do it in a way that's, you know, kind of intellectually honest. And there's a reason that Lucy is like, you know, a total head case in the Charlie Brown Christmas for like, you know, be setting up a psychotherapist shop for people who are feeling down and blue about the commercialism of Christmas. It's sort of like a, it's like a, it's a more of a mental condition than it is um, a commentary on where we're at. Um, so I think it gets at that too, by make, by, you know, bringing the store to life and the retail nature of it with the, the in-store Santa and Will Ferrell just you know, that's it. That's just, that's, that's the role he's always going to be remembered for and, and rightfully so. Totally. Hilarious movie. I never stop laughing. When he jumps on the tree and the tree falls on him, when he runs into New York and the yellow cab hits him because he's just like prancing cluelessly through the streets. It's the
0: fucking, the, uh, the, the, the escalator bit is just, it's to this day, it's so. When he stretches. and not even a stretch. It's a, you know, no, I'm not going to get on it yet. I'm not going to get on it yet. Like, just like, fuck, that's.
1: When he's sitting in the so doctor's office up. for the paternity test yep. and he's like, is he going to do this? Is he going to, what's that? What is this? What's, why is he looking at me? What's that? Scout? He's a child. He's, so, he's a child. It's so he wonderful. gets that essence. Yeah, he really does.
2: Elf is great. I, uh, I love how they did all of the perspective stuff in camera. Like none of that stuff is CGI. It's all right. done in camera, which is amazing. Ugh. And then, Jack, you make a great point about malls in movies during Christmas time. It's so cool to see that. I think I'm around the same age as you guys. And and I remember when people would go to the malls. You don't really go to malls now. You shop online. But back then, if you wanted to shop for five people at a time, you went to the fucking mall. Yep. And uh, I just watched Invasion USA for like the third time the other day. And you see a mall scene in that where he's running through a bad guy's running through the whole Santa setup. And (coughs) man, I miss that stuff. It's so great.
1: Yeah, it's a it forced you into the atmosphere if you weren't inclined to seek it out yourself you know you even the biggest curmudgeons in your life had to go to the mall at Christmas had to do it
0: there's, yep. there's, there's nothing like it honestly the decorations the, the, all that stuff I've always I always love going to the mall just for
2: that it's so it's, a, it's, it's magical in its own way let's see JP what do you got at number three for yourself
0: National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation
2: that one hurts I give you the Griswold family Christmas
1: tree. Deck the halls as you desire.
2: Hope you're not getting sap all over your sweater, Clark. White cat nibbling on a wire. (laughs) Pine tree sap inside your nails. Sorry. And great gifts are on sale. Wouldn't be the Christmas shopping season if the stores were any less hooter than they are. Harder than they are. Chevy Chase.
0: (laughs) National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Rated PG-13. Starts Friday, December 1st at a theater near you. Now I got to go back to the drawing board. It's the Christmas I want to have every year. I want to have the pain. I want to have all (laughs) that stuff and then end up where he ends up. You know, like I want to go through all the shit that he goes through, but then end up where he does at the end. I love it. I absolutely love it. I, it, it, it just, it, it, everything, everything about it is honest, you know, cause I'm like, and I, I like, I like the, the, the vacation movies. I think I like them a lot. But they're all a little like out there. The other ones, the first two, are a little bit more like, uh, you know, there's like some weird elements to it, some kind of like silliness to it. And while there's certainly a lot of silliness, a lot of it is very grounded in in um, in Christmas vacation, from him getting locked up in the fucking attic to the 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 the, the I mean, the wackiest thing is the snow sled thing you know to me that's that's the wackiest part is when he's you know racing down the hill that apparently is this i guess fucking mount rushmore of or not Mount rushmore fucking uh, jesus christ uh, mount everest rather of of snow hills like takes him five minutes to get down the hill like where the fuck are and also forests and shit like where are you dude like what,
2: what the fuck the edge
0: of the world know, like it, why does this take you so long and why is walmart there but it's so great you know like why is walmart the end?
1: Uh, how george bailey is the end of the movie right it's just a com- com- comedic take on that moment in the yeah, living room where yeah, yep. you know you realize that just because a guy's your boss doesn't mean um that he dictates your worth on on the planet Yep. It's just, it's a, it's a wonderful, it's, it's, it's one that,
0: you know, I actually wait, I wait to watch it until I'm with my dad and he and I will, we'll watch it together. Cause it, it's, it's just one that we watched since I was a kid. Like, I mean, I can remember the first time we rented it on video. We didn't, I didn't see it in theaters, but I remember renting it on video and just, we're just dying at all these, these,
1: these miss, you know,
0: whatever it's like all these these misfires on his part and
1: how far did you take wanting to have that christmas did you ever let a squirrel in the tree or
0: i tried but no (laughs) but i I did put glue on my fingers so i could have the 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 magazine stick to my fingers in bed (laughs) and i did try to blow up a turkey but it didn't really go as well
1: I have kind of had a Clark Griswold like freak out on the lawn kicking ornaments cuz they won't light up. I definitely. Oh, yeah. Son of a bitch, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it fucking drives me nuts is when the rain gets inside of like oh. a cord and short circuits the whole thing and you don't know where the, it like it kicks in the the surge protector and I get really cranky. Of course every Christmas there has to be a fucking monsoon.
0: I mean, I I also I get cr- I get so angry all the time when when lights that I have so carefully put away the year before, and put them in very good storage, they're not touched for eleven months, yet they don't work again.
2: <laughs> they don't fucking <laughs> yeah, work. Yeah, and they're all tangled anyway. Even though you wrapped them up, they're all fucking tangled. And-
0: they're all ta- right. They're all tangled anyway. I wrapped them up perfectly in ways, but like they're all like completely. I'm like you. Got, I just bought you last year, and it's you don't elf work. on the shelf.
1: He's getting in oh, there. Oh fucking. Piece of off season, shit. working off season. Fuck that. I bro.
2: know. Fuck. <laughs> I love Christmas Vacation too. Whereas Die Hard is my favorite Christmas movie, I think Christmas Vacation is my favorite Christmas comedy for sure. It's also one that I watch every single year. I too have those Clark Griswold moments where it's just that anticipation of when I plug this in, is everything going to light up? Because if it doesn't, <sighs> I'm going to go nuts. And uh it, it's another one of those movies where you. There's a real heart to it that you might not understand when you're younger, but when you get older, like that scene that you mentioned in the attic, it's like, oh, I, I really understand that yeah. now. Or when uh, he has this little conversation with his his niece who is nervous that Santa's not going to visit them. like those, those little touches are really special in something like Christmas Vacation. Love it. Agreed. All right, well, uh, we're going to take a break just real quick to talk about The Lapsed Fan under the Cinemat and everything else you have in the Solar System universe. So, uh, man, since last time we talked, you've done a couple of extreme deep dives. Uh, Total Nonstop Hogan took up a lot of this year for you guys. That was a hell of a journey. Did, Did you do any math to see how much content Hulk Hogan provided you for for that span? Uh, well, I mean, at
0: least, at least six months, I think. I think it was almost six months of stuff. Maybe, no, maybe like five months, but
1: it was quite a lot. Yeah, maybe like a, you know a three-week, four-week-a-month cadence, probably, honestly, five hours a, a shot. Because what happened yep. was, you know, decided to do a review of what 2010 era Hulk Hogan told us about who this guy we idolized as a kid really is. When he's sort of like the, the chains are off. There's no billionaire dictating his every move. He's sort of the, he's allowed to run the show. Uh, he is basically the boss of TNA. He's booking who wins, who loses. He's booking who gets pushed, who gets featured and how. And it's un- unalloyed Hulk Hogan. And we realize just how little there is there, as long as, well, along with his buddy Eric Bischoff. When they're just like unleashed on a, on a product with a, with a, a CEO slash president who has pretty much no idea whether anything Hulk Hogan and Eric Bischoff is telling or is good for the company is good for the company or not. Of course, it's good for them. And we un- uncovered quite a bit as far as how much they were being paid um, to to basically do worse ratings than before they came in, even though Hulk Hogan's the biggest wrestling superstar of all time. And um, and we just as we went, I realized that uh, JP was going to actually share with the listeners pretty much the entirety of every single Hulk Hogan segment that has ever been on the TNA Wrestling Show. And we found all of these little things that he said, these verbal tics and quirks that he would lean on, these crutches that he had when he didn't really know what to say to get a, a character over. Double B That is one of them. When he, that being a double B, it's a reference to tits um, during <laughs> a particular segment when he's in the office and talking to a wrestler named ODB. <laughs> <And> <laughs> it, it's, it's the, you, know, you realize who Hulk Hogan really is. One, and this is going two, Frenoli. Foaming at the crotch. Exactly. You all right, Jason? You with us? <laughs> Who doesn't make that noise occasionally? I don't understand why that's a thing. <laughs> he's a normal guy. That's my takeaway. Normal guy, normal things. And uh, it's just, um, and this is when he was going through all the scandal around the sex tape. You know, he's in TNA wrestling when that hits and he's having to deal with the media and all the scrutiny while at the same time pretending to give a shit about this number two wrestling ro- operation. And he just, you know, I mean, within... They go to Monday nights, which, of course, is the the institutional night for big wrestling. It was a big move for that company to try... And they do the lowest rating in the history of the show. And Hulk Hogan's wrestling for the first time in the organization on the show. And you realize that, like, as larger than life as Hulk Hogan was, it didn't take very much for him to just be, you know, just kind of pathetic, honestly. <laughs> just kind of pathetic. That whole run, it's just like, what... What did we think Hulk Hogan was about? Because we were wrong.
2: If you're listening and you're not a wrestling fan, it's still worth checking that series out because it tells you so much just about business and how that side of things work. It tells you about the legal system. There's there's so much there that anybody can grasp onto. And I'll tell you guys... I think the most I've ever laughed listening to your show was during some of the Hulk Hogan bubble the love sponge uh, segments. Jeez, that stuff was incredible. Just not even the stuff that you guys were doing with the with the impersonations, but just what they were saying to each other on air. It was it was it's cringeworthy insanity. shit.
0: It's really it's it's like like who 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 thinks it's a good idea to talk like this? Is what it is like. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, it's just, it's deplorable how, how, like, they would. And I'm not even talking about saying awful things. I'm just talking about talking normally and saying things like, uh, uh, uh you know, brother, we're going to get some Christmas gizzles this year, dude, for the family, brother.
1: Hoodie up. Hoodie
0: some, up. Some, some Chris Giz, dude. Get some Chris Giz, brother.
1: Oh. And then there was all bullshit because Hogan absolutely turned Bubba's wife inside out That's right. on multiple occasions aired her out like a flat tire and and it was all <laughs> it was all under the surface and they're buddy buddying on Tampa radio every day and, you know and Bubba's like what happens to somebody who befriends a pro wrestler and tries to be a pro wrestler, talk like one. And
0: I mean, the, he, he, he got everything he deserved in that situation. All right. If you're going to, if you're going to, if you're going to befriend the devil, you're going to get fucked. And so's your and wife.
1: He is for all the reputational and financial and physical damage that Hulk Hogan suffered during the course of that very dark point in his life, where according to him, it came to even contemplating suicide for a minute. Um, he comes out with a, A $100 million plus judgment from a jury in Tampa because he cheated on his wife and it happened to be on camera. That's pro wrestling. That's life. That's America. That's total nonstop Hogan, bitch.
2: In addition to uh, total nonstop Hogan, you have been going through the lapsed funk, (laughs) which is all about uh, Terry Funk and his career which is just a, another great series and a great deep dive into a lot of stuff that even hardcore wrestling fans probably aren't educated on. I mean, I I would consider myself a pretty big lapsed fan and I don't know about his Japan work or no. the small territory stuff before he was in like ECW and, you know, WWF, so yeah, just all really great stuff. Um, what's coming up on The Laps Fan or under the Cinemat that you can talk about?
1: Yeah, on on Cinemat side, Boss has got some things cooking.
2: Yeah, we got,
0: well, I mean, it is Christmas movie season. And uh, unfortunately, I can't necessarily share what's coming up because I like to keep them as surprises Sure. Uh, uh, for Jack. But we got some, I think we got some doozies. And uh, I, all I can say is I'm very, very, very excited uh, uh, coming up way we always do um Christmas movie season uh uh between thanksgiving and Christmas usually it's a four week thing. this we had a little bit of a because we started doing the Terry funk stuff, we wanted to include some Terry funk movies as well, so we did Roadhouse uh uh most recently, which itself was a you know that's a that's a wild ride in its own right, um you know, let alone the the making of it and the the inspiration for it so uh, and of course during Halloween, we have scary movie season, although they're not this year because of the play just didn't have time to do it, but it's all right. Just keeps more, keeps more in the chamber for, uh, for the future. So, but, uh, I do, I will say this too. I can say that coming, coming next year early not early, early, but maybe cause there's some things I want to do before we get to it, but we're going to go on a massive journey Oh my under God, the under the cinemat. Under the cinemat, We're going to go on I can't imagine a that. massive, <laughs> massive journey. One that I've been kind of slowly stockpiling, trying to figure out every little thing that I can to make sure that these movies qualify. And it's uh, it's going to be a ride.
2: All right, that's awesome. A lot of stuff to look forward a to. Stuff.
0: A lot of good stuff.
2: All right, gents. Well, I know it's getting late by you, so let's get the the, the rest of this draft on the board. I want to recap what we've got so far. Uh Jack, you have It's a Wonderful Life at number one. At number two, you have Home Alone. And at number three, you have Elf. And then JP, you've got a Christmas story at number one, Die Hard at number two, and Christmas Vacation at number three. I couldn't tell you who has a stronger list at this point. Normally I, I can tell, like, okay, I think I'm leaning this way. Right now I have no idea. So I think it's really gonna come down to picks four and five here to see who's gonna who's gonna pull this through. So Jack. Number four for you.
1: Not easy. I have to say, not easy. Because I'm strategizing as much as I'm going with my (laughs) heart. I'm going to say Bing Crosby's White Christmas. Oof. Oof.
2: Every once in a great while, there comes a motion picture that captures the hearts of all who see it. Such a film is Irving Berlin's White Christmas. It's the biggest, best musical of any season, any year. Starring Bing Crosby, Danny Cade, Rosemary Clooney, and Vera Ellen. See Paramount's big, wonderful, happy entertainment in VistaVision and Technicolor. White Christmas.
1: That's a good one. For adults only. You know, this isn't for man children, this movie, which, you know, apparently American society is now bereft with man children because we can buy toys on eBay that we had when we were kids, first generation that can do that. But this is a, this is a movie about how. Christmas can elevate a tribute to somebody who's uh, who's under-recognized. It's, you know, World War II, you get it immediately. You get the spirit of what was happening in America as told through the lens of Christmas when you watch this film. Uh, Obviously, you know, it doesn't get more iconic than uh, the idea of a white Christmas and what what it, it, you know, the, the Vermont Inn, the whole, it gives us like the visual tools to think about. Like a a country Christmas, but but it's it's, it's a sophisticated film. The di- the dialogue's really witty. The repartee is great. It's a beautiful film. Uh, that that closing scene, gorgeous. Oh, that closing scene where the general is saluted by surprise is just one of the most touching things I've ever seen in cinema.
0: I I can still remember too. You know, I I you know, I grew up kind of like my parents loved the movie. They always loved the movie, but I kind of was like meh, 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 meh yeah, about it yeah. as a kid. But I can remember. I can remember when it would air on the TV 38 movie loft with Uh, Boston people. That's right. Yep. And it was just this, this, this little thing where, what was the guy's name? I can't think of his name. Dana Hersey, Dana Hersey, this guy, Dana Hersey, just one of those guys, one of those, one of those local TV guys with just one of those voices. This is the TV thirty eight Movie Loft.
1: (laughs) You know, like just that. You know what? What you? The guy who wanted to go to Hollywood and stuck around home and found found work. And
0: and you you realize that this guy. How does he talk in real life? Because he's got this voice all the time. (laughs) Like, how do you exist? But I remember just the 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 two shot of of Bing Crosby and uh, uh, Rosemary Clooney singing "White Christmas." Always coming up as like that's kind of the the big moment. And then when I, when I got older realizing just how fucking great the movie is, it's cheesy, it's corny, but it's so much fun. Like Christmas. It's so much fun. It's such a beautiful movie. It's, and you know what I love to think about too, that this is in this day and age, you know, in our, in our current movie going uh, uh, practices, you can pretty much count on, it being either a big action movie or a crazy comedy or 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 a, these, a Marvel movie these days that's going to get that's going to be or a James Cameron movie that's going to be the biggest money maker of the year. White fucking Christmas, biggest money maker in 1950 whatever it came out. Biggest money maker. Yep, yep. It was the, it was the movie. That's the movie people went to go see again and again and again and again.
1: Bing Crosby and Christmas just. Oh yeah. They sing together. They're they're meant to be together.
0: They're meant to be together. That's right. And, and Danny Kay, fucking brilliant, brilliant guy and funny, stupid lines, like just, but awesome. My dad and And I, and an
1: all adult, it doesn't, it doesn't have, it doesn't lean on kids. No, no. It's very, a lot of Christmas movies kind of rely on the cuteness of kids to, even it's a wonderful life. Does it? I mean, not, not like it's a mark against it, but, you know, Zuzu petals and all that. to catch its wings. all that.
0: Well, you don't want coconut on your fucking thing, you little shit. What are
1: you? <laughs> it's, yeah, yeah. I'm a national <laughs> well, G- <they> cut. I <laughs> know. They cut that. They cut that. But.
2: It's in the unrated version.
1: Yeah. Right. It's about what you know Christmas can mean to create magic with adults, not just kids. At White Christmas.
2: All right. I got to revisit this one this year because I don't think I've seen it for 20 plus years probably. Uh. I think I, I saw this when i was in school so it's a
0: staple it's a it's a main eventer always a, it's a main eventer in this house you know always always saving that for the uh for the end run for sure
2: all right white christmas at pick four for jack number four for you jp
0: now are we allowed to do tv specials or is it only feature films
2: uh these should be movies yeah feature films are you thinking uh charlie brown christmas is that where you're going uh,
1: you can pick a tv special if you want to lo- if you want to you, you
2: can <laughs> pick a tv special <laughs>
1: I see
0: where he's going that. All right. All right. No, Hey, you know what? I'm, I'm okay with that. We, you know, we'll, I I just, I wanted to check because those, you know, they're important. I'm a little torn here because I want to go. I, part of me saying go kind of classic route, but part of me is also saying I, there are some, some weird ones in there that I, I really do enjoy every year. I'm going to go miracle on 34th street. Ah, that's
1: tough. Which one? Oh, the original.
0: Always the original. Experience the
1: all-new colorized version of Miracle on 34th Street. I'm Santa Claus. Oh, you don't believe that. Like you've never seen it before. Amazing. The all-time family classic celebrates its 60th anniversary with an all-new special edition of Miracle on 34th Street.
0: It's wonderful. In full color, including the original black and white classic. Digitally remastered with all new features.
2: I intend to prove that Mr. Kringle is Santa Claus.
0: I've got a feeling he is Santa Claus, Mother.
1: Miracle on 34th Street. Own it this holiday season. Oh,
0: yeah. Sorry, I love Richard Attenborough, but no fucking way. The original is just the
1: way <laughs> What's the little girl's name in the remake? Uh. Uh, oh, it's the girl from um, from Doubtfire. From Doubtfire,
0: yeah. I don't, I can't remember. I just she's know, a they,
1: little cherub.
0: I know they, they, they. She's one of those, you know, one of those. She was a kid when she was in Mrs. Doubtfire, but look at her now on all that clickbait oh, shit. You know, <laughs> all the those clickbait things. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Where you have to like, where when you, if you ever do one, you have to go through like a million other people before you fucking get to the person you actually, you know, that made you click on it.
2: Every fifth page is an ad.
0: Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah right. It's it's one that honestly it's it's a it's actually a more recent love of mine. I I didn't really like it as much as a as a kid growing up, but within the last ten years, it's become it's it's the first one of the season. I'm, I I make it the first one of the season because it has that connection between Thanksgiving and Christmas. So it yes. kicks off it kicks off Christmas movie season. Um, and I it, it's just so charming. And I love the the I love the 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 the, the, the kind of the uh, 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 cause and effect that just occurs throughout the film when you got him sending the 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 mom to the other store, and then her saying, "Well, fuck it, I'm gonna shop at Macy's for the rest of my life." And then Macy's like, "Well, no, we gotta send them over here." And then oh, Gimbels like, "No, we gotta send them over there too." No, 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 send them all over the place. Yeah, there's you know, there's all they're all. It's so great, and it's so, and and the the ending. Oh God, when when they at the very very end when they see the cane, at, on on the 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 the, the fireplace and, new house, yeah, in wow. the new house, and he's just like he's, he's like wondering what the fuck did I just do? It's such a great, like, it's such a great little ending where it's like, my God, you know, now, now everyone truly believes. And it's, it's so great. And the, and, and, and Fred Mertz, whatever his name is, I can't think of his name, a uh, Frawley there, like him, him with his weird, his stupid facial expressions from the, uh, the audience of the, of the court as he's always like, he's like, to the judge, <laughs> and like, mm? <laughs> you know, just these these grotesquely over the top facial expressions. It's just, it's awesome. It's such a beautiful, beautiful movie.
1: The Scene where Santa speaks Dutch oh! to the Dutch girl. Oh! Come on, folks. Come on. Yeah. We talk about warmth. Oh, it's. It... Want to talk about <laughs> magic? And it comes in handy. You know what? Past ten years it comes in handy when you are trying to kayfabe Santa. Right. Oh I mean, yeah. What is, what an explanation yep. when he compares it to when God we trust in the back of the dollar bill, it's all there. It's like Santa is as real as any other idea that you can't touch. Santa's as real as love. He's as real as faith. He's as real as hate. Yep. You know, you make manifest in the world what Santa is, but he exists as much as anything else you can imagine exists in your mind's eye and uh and he and, and what do you know he exists for nothing but pure unadulterated good i'll take it real to me damn it
2: yeah that's a that's a great choice um i was surprised that it lasted this long to be honest i th- i thought that was going to be in the top 3 somewhere mm. but uh and and it's such a simple premise it's such a simple premise that just goes the distance yeah Great choice. That was what uh, late forties. Also, I think no.
0: I think it was earlier than that. I think even thirties. Mid forties. Really? I think thirties. I thought it was
1: thirties. Wow. Maybe Maybe thirty-four. Maybe (laughs) thirty. There we go. (laughs) And I still fantasize about like getting a a loft overlooking the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. Oh no!
0: Nineteen forty-seven. Late late forties. Nineteen forty-seven.
1: You want to talk about retail? I mean, that's why Macy's is indelibly linked with Christmas. Is is that movie? Yep. What a what a stroke of marketing genius
0: that was. And Natalie Wood as the girl. so
2: good. All right. We've got one choice left for each of you. And then what we're going to do is we'll recap the list. We'll talk about any films that you're surprised didn't make the list at all. And then we'll have one last plea for the listeners to choose your list over your opponents. So, uh, Jack, what are you going with for your last pick in the Christmas films draft?
1: I'm going with Love Actually. Wow. Good
2: choice. Oh, okay. Great choice. Yeah, great movie. Merry Christmas. The holiday season. It's the perfect time of year to find the one you love. Christmas is a time to do something about it. Like what? And tell them exactly how you feel. You've got nothing to lose
0: and
1: you'll always regret it if you don't. Don't let the holidays go by without love, actually. Hello? think it really switches it up you know we can't just think of america uh, of christmas strictly through an american lens uh england has a lot to tell us about keeping christmas appropriately going back to dickens and this movie is just warm and fun and hilarious and uh, god help me who who's the one who's the wife in the film that gets cheated on
0: emma emma thompson emma thompson
1: emma thompson that's one of the greatest performances I've ever seen in a fucking movie in my life.
0: She's so good. She's The so good. way
1: she gets across that stiff upper lip dying inside, but it's about the kids and I'm not going to be uh, a head case despite knowing what this prick husband of mine is up to with it, with his, you know, another movie, another Christmas movie where like a bullshit 34, 34th floor office tower, downtown <laughs> London job is depicted. He's another one he's another one that needs to get his ass out of the fucking out, out of the office tower with the high end espresso machine. Um, and, um, and just, it, it's just it, it, the multiple perspectives. Um, Liam, Liam Neeson and just the, the, the single dad torment dealing with the son, trying to navigate keeping Christmas special when your family's been shattered, the, the speech he gives at his wife's funeral. It, it, it just, it's what Christmas is. It's like, it's what Christmas is to all age groups. It speaks to each and every age group in a way that if you laid it out on paper, it looks way too ambitious. There's just too many threads. There's too many stories. The prime minister over here, this no, no name guy. It
0: really is like, it's, it's a, it's it's a very, very ambitious. And not only not, I mean, not just for any movie, but especially a romantic comedy to have that many people inter you know interlocking in all these different stories and to also make it pretty seamless for the most part like you don't feel like you don't you don't miss anybody for too long you don't ever sit there and wonder well what's happening to them we've been on this person for a while what's happening to that person it's like the the, it's it's put together so brilliantly and it's also i mean i know it's 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 Essential hugh grant but it's probably my favorite hugh grant performance when he dances in the i mean i can't i laugh every single fucking year i watch it every year i laugh every year and when they go up <laughs> and down the street and those kids tell him to sing christmas carols and then his driver suddenly fucking sings king Wenceslas like as an opera singer it's just it's just fucking money it's such a beautiful when he goes to the movie. house yep. and
1: it he gets her to go to the Christmas pageant. Christmas pageants are very important to depict well in Christmas films, Home Alone 2 yes. among them. Um, you know, scenes of like choral uh, festivity and just the way it all comes together and coalesces at this small, intimate, unassuming elementary school, primary school um, and, and, and the, the romance with the young kid and his, his, his crush and running to the airport. Um, I, I mean, it's, I'm just basically just delineating what happens in the movie, but for good reason, because it's just, it's it's like 14 movies in one, Christmas messages.
0: Can't leave out Bill Nye as the fucking aging rock star, for God's sake, who, <laughs> so who ties great. the whole oh, fucking movie God. together. You know, that's that's it, he's the link. I feel it in my toes, yep.
1: Christmas is all around me and the feeling shows. And just like, and that's so British. Like, uh, like, just like we all know that this is like a completely ball-faced play at a commercialism literally remixing your hit song inserting the word Christmas and the people go nuts because even even the Brits realize that it's okay to let your guard down around Christmas and to be self-effacing and to be not so full of like propriety i just i just think it it, it adds a whole dimension to the understanding of what Christmas can be sort of globally you know I'm not, I'm not to suggest that you know there's anything universal about the way the Brits celebrate Christmas but it's like it's, to me it's like their contribution to how we should think about what's important at Christmas time, uh, in terms of cinema, I can't think of another movie. Of course, you know, Dickens did it, and all the Christmas carols, which I considered including, um, you know, are there too, but I just think that this is just like perfectly modern um, and just it's just great performances all around. I love the film, I watch it every year, and uh, it makes me feel it gives me a different charge than the other Christmas movies i I mentioned. Totally.
2: Yeah. Big fan of Love Actually. I think most people, when they think of Love Actually, they think of that scene with the cards outside of the door. But I am that person that thinks of the Bill Nye scene right off the top when he, he stops singing and he's just like, this is such bullshit. Yep. <laughs> like, yep. That that just stuck with me. I, I really love that. Movie. I
0: know. Everyone, it is funny. Everyone thinks about the cards. I never think, I, I honestly, for me, it's the Hugh Grant dance. That's what I always think of. Yep. Like when he's, when he just fucking start dancing, like when you see his hip start to go to the Pointer Sisters song. Mm-hmm. It's like this is this is going to be a moment. Like you know right away, it's going to be a moment. Let's get
1: pissed and watch porn. porn.
0: <laughs> and I realized and just like that, that the person who I love is you.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, drive
2: through. <laughs> Final pick here. We're going to be leaving off some big oh, yeah. big movies here. Oh yeah. We just don't have room for What do you got at number five here, J.P.? I have A Christmas Carol, 1951. God bless you.
0: These glowing words spoken by Tiny Tim have warmed the hearts of millions the world over.
2: Now hear Tiny Tim and all the other wonderful people in this unforgettable story speaking their immortal lines as the most joyous of all Dickens classics reaches new heights of greatness on the screen.
1: So a Merry Christmas to you
2: anyway, Uncle. Good
1: evening. And a Happy New Year. Good evening.
0: Hamburg. It is just perfection. There is no. He is. He, he's so fucking good, Alistair as Scrooge. His transformation is miraculous. He's so good. Just such a great actor. And I feel like in these days, I feel like the, that, that this version, cause it's kind of, it's not necessarily on the radar of everybody. And there have been so many since then. Like people I know people who love the George C. Scott one. Obviously people love the Muppet one. You got, you know, the the whatever. You know, my mom's version, she was in one, you know, she played Scrooge one time. Like, <laughs> you know, like You're gonna have to explain that one to your listeners next time, Jason. But like but but There, there's, and my dad, again, you know, I guess what I'm learning here is that Christmas movies really stem from my dad is really what it is. Like my, you know, I, 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 I watched so many of these movies because I grew up watching them because my dad introduced them to me. And I remember the time, so I hadn't seen it in years. And I was, when I was living in LA and I, it was the, it it was the first Christmas that I was going to be spending away from home. And I, that I, I was, I couldn't, I couldn't go back to the East coast. And I was, it, these this was the year where I was so longing for the things that I couldn't get that like family going to see my family and all that stuff that I really openly embraced these movies that I'd kind of avoided as a kid, because now they reminded me of something bigger and deeper. White Christmas was one of them. And this one, and 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 uh, uh, a Christmas Carol with uh, with with Alistair Sim, and I watched it with a different eye this time, and I was like, "Holy shit, this is such a good movie! It's such a good movie, and it's it's so well done. And even the cheesy parts are great. But he just he commands the screen." And he's so lovable, even when you hate him. He's just a guy that you 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 want to see redeemed. You want him to to get there. And I don't know. I, I, I like George C. Scott, but I just you know I didn't really give a shit about the George C. Scott one. I didn't care about the Patrick Stewart one. I didn't you know I like the Michael Caine one with the the Muppets and stuff. But you know, like it, it doesn't it doesn't none of them affect me like 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 this one does.
2: It's a strong way to close it out. Uh, it's obviously a timeless story. We've had so many different retellings of it. I, I have a friend, actually.
0: So, um, and it's, it's actually
2: so a friend of mine
0: actually put together, he, he, he years ago, he started putting together doing a project where he took every, he started gathering every version of, uh, a Christmas Carol that he could find, and put together a a video, and actually put together the whole story in chronological order with like using different versions and different pieces. He actually used ours. I don't know if I ever told you that, Jack, but he used the uh, when we did it. When we did the radio play, he used he used it and had someone draw an image of Vince McMahon for us um, to to use wow. and put it in the thing. And he, I I think I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure that the most recent version, he's always been re-editing it and re-putting it together, had 2,000 versions of A Christmas Carol from like TV shows or and and stuff to like books, to porn. They're porn that have it, you know? And and, and he put together this massive edit and, it, and it's, it's amazing. I actually, you know, I was like, you know, he, Friend, a friend makes a thing, and like, oh yeah, all right, yeah, fine, fine, I'll, I'll watch it, I guess, or whatever. And I watched, it, and I was like, holy shit, like it's totally engrossing. It's just, it's, it's amazing how well it's told and how, how many times, that that it's been told. And he just constantly, he he became like an obsession with him. He just was always looking for new, for new versions of of, you know, mainly stuff on screen and TV shows or whatever. But yeah, it's. It's tremendous, absolutely tremendous uh, uh, thing. And it's just, it's a testament to the story itself and how timeless it is.
2: Yeah. If that uh, video is online, I'd love to see it. I, I'll link it in the show notes if he's cool with it. I,
0: I, it should be, yeah. I me. I guess if I can find it. I know it's, I, he had it on YouTube, but I'll find it.
1: So it sounds like about 4,000 copyright strikes in one video. Well, I, one I, he, might, he
0: might have had, it might've been okay with the, you know, free uh, whatever, because I don't think he used more than like, like 10 seconds per clip.
1: Yeah, but what about the part with the fifteen-inch cock? Well, you know that it's okay though.
0: It's, yeah, you got to get the it, it, porn it, it, one. Fifteen in there. inches, but not fifteen seconds, so he's okay. <laughs>
2: <laughs> the, the Ghost of Christmas What? <laughs> yeah.
1: Twenty-four inches per second brother. instead of frames.
2: Python,
1: Pi- dude, what? That's one I'm surprised they didn't make it. Is Santa with muscles, Jason?
2: Oh, yeah, no, brother. Um, I am partial to the uh, Muppets version of I that, do, just yeah. because. I like it. The, the first time I ever went to the New Beverly Theater in uh, Quentin Tarantino's Theater in L.A., I oh, brought yeah. my son there to see uh, Buppet's Christmas yes. Carol, and he was really into it. So that was like our first Christmas movie together. So I'll always remember that. I, also, for sure. I,
0: I love the New Bev. I miss that one.
2: Before we get to our last, please, uh, any films that you're surprised did not make the list at all?
0: I'll tell you the one that, you know, my the TV special and I'm, you know, I'm I'm, I'm a little disappointed, but I was going to do a Charlie Brown Christmas. You know, my daughter and I watch every year. I love watching um and it's it's so, you know, I mean again it it deals with it it deals with the commercialism of Christmas and in a way and but also brings along like some true
1: spirit and it's so beautiful. Yeah, That's a wonderful show. I mean that's a whole other show is, you know, Christmas yeah, right. TV specials. Right. It's a different. A different thing you're seeking to achieve altogether with the commercial breaks and everything. We could talk about Rudolph. We could talk about Frosty. Right, exactly. We could talk about, San, uh, you know, uh, Santa Claus is coming to town, Grinch.
2: Yep, all those Rankin-Bass classics. That's right. There's like a box set of 18 of those oh, yeah. right now that you can yeah. pick up.
1: Yeah, without Santa Claus, Jack Frost, there's deeper cuts that not everyone thinks about.
2: Jack, what about you? Any films you're surprised did not touch a list at all?
1: You know, not really. As I was thinking through, I was uh, by the time it was all said and done, not really. I guess Home Alone 2, I thought, might sneak in there at some point. And you know, just the, the notion that there have been Grinch films, yet none even come close to being considered worthy, is in itself, in a way, surprising. But I'm, I can't say
0: again. It, to me, it's all, it's the it's the original. It goes back to the original TV yeah, special. Yeah, so total TV special doesn't count. Totally. So fuck it. You know what am I supposed to do?
1: I guess Polar Express. I don't love Polar Express. I think it's it's a it's a lovely film, but that's sort of a quintessential Christmas tale that was not represented. Uh, but beyond I that, mean, no, I think we really hit the high points.
0: I will say it, it, was, it became a really hard decision to go between, you know, to choose traditional versus non-traditional. Because there were certainly a lot of non-traditional ones that I automatically put on my list that I didn't, such as, for example, my, my Shane Black quadrilogy uh, uh, of Lethal Weapon, The Long Kiss Goodnight, yeah. Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, and Iron Man 3, which... I'm currently in the middle of my 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 quadrilogy. All Christmas movies, absolutely all Christmas movies. And um, uh, uh, I'm I'm looking at because I have a list. Like I have to check off my list whenever I watch one of the movies. And for the most part, I would say the the ones that I considered to be like important. I mean, again, like I didn't. Part of me wants to mention In Bruges. Didn't you know? Like "Ah, Gremlins. You know, these are some that. You know, are, are, are definitely worthy. Batman Returns, um, I mean, there, there, there are some <laughs> too that like, you know, I'm realizing more recently that are, that are on the list, like Three Days of the Condor is a Christmas movie, and so is yeah. the verdict. You know, and these are, all, these are all kind of important ones, but you know, in terms of the real classics, I don't know if we missed too many.
1: Bad, bad, Santa. bad Santa. Oh, Bad Santa, uh, that's, true. that's true. That's I'm, yeah, true. I'm surprised you didn't put that one on there a different look at Christmas, you know, so that, that'd that mix it up well.
0: I, I will say, Jason, from, from last year, I want you to know, I did end up getting uh, Trapped in Paradise. Oh, yeah, Nick Cage? Yeah, because you recommended that last year, and I ended up getting it and watching it. It was one of the early first ones I watched this year, and it is it is quite a charming... I, the only thing that really bothered me about the movie is Nick, Nick Cage's awful awful accent <laughs> but besides that i was like this is actually a really really charming stupid movie i was like it was great it was it was a lot of fun so i appreciate
2: i'm glad you'd like the recommendation um a couple that i was a little sad didn't make the list uh the santa claus yeah, that's true Tim that's true movie
1: i think you know the thing about the santa claus is it's not good so there's that <laughs>
2: <laughs> i love the santa claus uh, i
1: love no i good. love the santa claus too it's Nope. There's a. Uh, I don't know why. Never resonated so with funny. me. I like part two better.
2: Oh, I haven't seen part two in a long time. I've never seen part three. Part three is absolute trash.
1: I love the first one. Oh, every I part. Mean, every part three of a Christmas movie is gonna suck. Bottom line,
0: Home Alone three sucks. That, that's true. But uh, uh, the shows are pretty. My I, I, my my kid and I like watching the shows. Um, but uh, uh, I do. I love I love the Santa Claus. I. It's funny, you know. they are just weird things that I always, for some reason. Whenever I watch that movie I think about the f- when my mom my mom and I saw it one time like she and I saw it in theaters and we saw it I, it's just it's so weird how certain like triggers because I I equate that with my mom and when we saw it like we saw it after school one time it was a weekday and we just went to the theater like for what some for whatever reason my dad was either not home that night, or he was working late or something, and my mom was like, "Want to go see a movie?" And let's go see the Santa Claus. And it was like, "Okay," and we did. And I, it just one of those weird. And like every time I see it, I, I just always think of that that weird moment. I mean, speaking of a Christmas Carol, Scrooge. Scrooge didn't make it. Mm-hmm. Scrooge. Yeah. I do love Scrooge.
2: And there was no uh, no horror. There's a lot of good horror yep. out there. For uh, you, you got another Bob Clark movie in Black Christmas or Silent yep. Night, Deadly Night. Wouldn't have made my top five, but uh, you know, good movies if you're into into horror.
0: And and of course Santa Sleigh. I mean, how can you not? <laughs> True, starring Bill Goldberg. That's right. Very important. Very important. And
1: Fran Drescher. That's
0: and 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 James Kahn. Let's not forget <laughs> James Con in there. at The very beginning.
1: The only Khan in that movie is <laughs> yes, Bill Goldberg.
0: A very good point. Violent Night from last year. Violent Night is great. That one's a lot of fun.
2: Great Santa portrayal from uh, David Harbour.
0: Really? Seriously? He's a great Santa Claus. He's a great Who's the best Santa Santa Claus ever
1: on on the screen? (sighs) Oof. It's got to be the guy who plays Santa in Miracle in 34.
2: That's what I was going to say, too. Uh,
0: Yes.
2: Edmund Gwen is the one who played in uh, Miracle.
0: Oh, Richard Attenborough, also very good at Santa Claus.
1: Mike Tyson. Mike Tyson, very good Santa Claus. Um, uh, Balls yeah. Mahoney was a great yeah, Santa
0: Claus. Pre, pre, yep. Balls Mahoney the, played Santa, huh? Santa Claus. <clears throat> Santa
1: Claus, baby. Santa, Santa with his X. <laughs> Kane, Kane was once the Christmas creature. Yeah, it's all there.
2: All right, let's uh, let's let's wrap this up now. JP, all right. Since you had the second pick, you can choose. You want Jack to do his plea first and then rebut, or do you want to go first and fire shots?
0: I'll play uh, uh, Bill Belichick. I'm gonna defer.
2: Alright, so Jack, this is your last chance here. Why should they choose your list? Because it's better than uh than JP's. Why should they why should they vote for you? Oh, I, I guess we should recap the list real quick. So uh Jack's list, we've got It's a Wonderful Life, Home Alone, Elf, White Christmas, and Love Actually. And then JP, you had A Christmas Story, Die Hard, Christmas Vacation, Miracle on 34th Street, and A Christmas Carol.
1: I have the most quintessential Christmas movies. I have movies that are um, that don't exist as like novelizations. I, I they're they're really just like creatures of uh, cinema, you know. It's a Wonderful Life was kind of a short story, but I feel like um, I got great diversity and range in terms of time period, in terms of uh, hitting you different, in terms of uh, the different epics and time periods that are depicted in in, in the films and how Christmas echoes through the generations and through the geographies um whatever list has home alone on it should win um, <laughs> frankly uh America, you know it's a wonderful life is just a, tr- a triumph uh, in every possible way that a movie could be a triumph i think it was number 2 to citizen kane in afi's original top 100 list um and just my my list will by the time you're done tell you all you need to know about why Christmas is so powerful and, and what it is that it can teach us about how to live together in, uh, in a way that
0: I just want to, you're wrong. It's uh, Casablanca was number two. So
1: it was, where's,
0: it's a wonderful life. Number, uh, in 1998, it was number 11 in 2007. It was twen- number 20. So uh, that's wrong. That's wrong.
2: But where's Santa with muscles on that list?
0: No. <laughs>
1: Number one, both, both times. That's what I thought. I kind of swore it was top 10. Well, thank you for checking. I, I don't want to go around repeating that if it's not true, but it belongs in top five. I think we all realize that. Um, not the AFI. And, uh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> Watch my five movies and um, enjoy Christmas for the rest of your life. Watch his five movies, maybe enjoy that Christmas, but by the next one, you don't even want to necessarily go back to the well.
0: I think what I have in this list are the elements of Christmas. (laughs) Yes, yes. We have Christmas history in a Christmas carol, a Christmas uh, Carol, dating back. We have the well, at the same time having the the sentimentality and maybe discovering the true elements of uh, element of the true elements of Christmas or or a part of the true elements of Christmas. In that, we have the commercialization fantasy element. With Miracle on 34th Street, where we have Santa Claus, one of the uh, the probably most iconic uh, commercial aspects of the Christmas season, and uh, uh, bringing in also the the element of believing. This on Christmas, we we choose to believe, and or we have the opportunity to choose to believe, and I think Miracle on 34th Street is that with Christmas vacation. It reminds us of family, reminds us of being together and, and, and even through all of our hardship at the end of the year, if we are together, we celebrate what we have in front of us. With Die Hard, it's the fantasy we all want, the fantasy we all need to save lives at Christmas, to, 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 to dismantle terror. <laughs> during- <laughs> During during the Christmas season, I think about that every year. I He's think, right every year. Every year, I say to myself, "How can I dismantle an element of terror this Christmas season?" <laughs> and you're not even talking
2: about Christmas vacation <laughs> I'm not,
0: yet. I'm not even talking about that. And then, and then, of course, the nostalgia aspect: looking back, remembering what Christmas was like as a kid. And if you're a parent, uh, uh, trying to not necessarily recreate what you had, but to create. At least the same feeling that you had for your kids, and to kind of keep that dream going. And if you don't believe in those things, then you don't believe in life, and you shouldn't. You shouldn't even be voting to begin with.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, we have. I'll tell you what. We have. I think the ten right movies on these lists. I think just looking at what we have here, this is Christmas. I think whichever you choose to watch out of these lists, you're going to be happy. This is this is going to be really fun to see how this turns out. Yeah. Well, guys, this was an amazing draft. I had a great time with it. It's fun. For more of The Laps Fan, you can find The Laps Fan wherever you're listening to this. And I'm going to have a link to the Patreon in the show notes. So if you want to catch Under the Cinemat, which really you, you should. Thank you. Uh, if you like movies, you got to listen to Under the Cinemat because... If you're familiar with the LapsFan fan deep dives on wrestling history it's just movie history and you're gonna find something and even if you go on the LapsFan fan feed you can find uh you guys have put up some films that people can listen to just as kind of a teaser yeah. as a taste so go check that out and then uh subscribe to the patreon what a perfect way to close out my recordings for the year links to everything will be in the show notes and if you're listening to this on monday Wednesday will be when the voting goes up, so please make sure to vote, make your voice heard. Who's gonna win this, Jack or JP? Also, what did we miss in the draft? What would have been in your top spot? Let us know, at Force5Pod on Twitter, at Force5Podcast everywhere else, or find me on the Cinematics Facebook page, or head to Force5Podcast.com where you can email me. On next week's mini episode, I'll be talking about some films that weren't given love today, the first two Silent Night, Deadly Night films. Until then, stay safe, stay sane, and go watch some amazing Christmas movies. Merry Christmas, list nerds! Yeah, I was I was looking it up. I, I couldn't attend, obviously. I'm on the other coast from you, but it seems like it was you, pretty well you know, reviewed. There,
0: there, there are airplanes,
2: you know. You uh, can fly. You're gonna have to explain that one to me off <laughs> air. I don't know what
0: that is. <laughs> we're, we're talking about airplane? I thought you talked about Christmas movies.
2: <laughs> That's true. Turbulence. <laughs> That's a Christmas movie. Yeah, yeah.
0: Oh, does turbulence qualify?
2: Wow shit.
0: That's okay. All right.